Alrighty guys, welcome back to United Motherhood. I am starting off the episode with a bit of a chat. I'm actually going to crack open my Coke No Sugar Vanilla. I think I told you about this in the last episode, but nothing like a bit of ASMR. I love the sound of a can opening. See if I can do it. Ready? Thank you. Hope you enjoyed that. Take a sip. I know it's really bad for me. It's lockdown and I don't drink. Um, well, that's a lie, actually. I do drink. I just don't drink often. And when people find out I don't really drink, their first question is why? I don't know why. I just don't really like the feeling of drinking. I've never had like bad experiences that have made me not drink. I do occasionally like a glass of red wine every now and then. Or a bourbon and coke. Yes, I know. Everyone tells me it's bogan, but I love it. Um, but yeah, I just don't really drink. So lockdown, at the end of the day, I do feel like a Diet Coke or a Coke Zero. And that must be what people feel like when they feel like a wine. Really weird. I know. Can't explain it. But that is my go-to at the moment. Um, if you are in New South Wales, I am sending you guys so much love. I'm in New South Wales. I live in Sydney. Um, and actually, I read something on Instagram, I think it was a couple of weeks ago now, saying we are all in the same storm but in different boats. And that just couldn't ring truer. Honestly, I feel like we are all riding this lockdown COVID bullshit wave and we all have different opinions on what's going on and how we should, you know, proceed to move forward. Uh, we're all struggling in different ways. There's people with financial hardship. There's people with mental health um, going things going on. People just not coping in day to day. And if you did or if you do follow me over on Instagram, you would have seen that I bumped into a beautiful man called Bruce. I actually haven't heard from Bruce for everybody that's been asking me. I just can't even bring... And cry. I can't even bring myself to talk about it yet on Instagram. Um, but if you head over there, you'll see I posted about it in my feed. Um, essentially, I bumped into him and asked him how his day was going and he started crying. And yeah, he's just really lonely. And, you know, I think the loneliness for so many people is what, you know, is just making it really hard. So I'm really sorry to everybody that's struggling. And look, truth be told, today for me was a good day. Um, and I am one of the lucky ones. I'm not, you know, I'm not an idiot. I do realize that, you know, there's a roof over my head, food in my belly. You know, my husband's still employed. I'm still working. Um, I know I'm lucky. And, but the days are long. The days are hard. Um, I miss my friends. I miss my family. I miss my mum my sisters, my brother, my dad, I miss everyone. And I don't think you realize how much you love, or I, I'm speaking for everyone, but for me personally, I didn't realize how much I crave physical connection. And, you know, I used to, you know, dread sometimes going to events that I was invited to. And look, heck, I used to run events, but I used, you know, Sometimes I'd be invited and I couldn't be fucked. I didn't, couldn't be bothered to go to this social event, but I miss it. And I feel like in the last 18 months to two years since COVID has really, you know, 
smash this world. Every time I'm around people, every time I have that opportunity to be with my friends, be with my family, go to an event, have time on my own, go to the gym, I'm so grateful because it's been taken away from us like that. And yeah, I just, I didn't realize how much I loved my life and how much I miss it. Um, So to anybody who's struggling, not just in New South Wales, not just in Melbourne, not just in Australia, if you're listening to this somewhere and you're having a shitty day, whether it be because of COVID or not, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you're going through that. I wish I had more words. I wish I had the answers, you know, but I don't. All I can say is thank you so much for listening and I'll continue to bring you content write to me on Instagram, follow me at Zoe Young Mama, follow me at the United Motherhood Podcast. I would love to hear from you. I love talking to you guys. I love finding more out about you guys. Um, but yeah, I actually recorded this podcast with Fiona, who you're going to find out who Fiona is in a minute, just before COVID took control of New South Wales. Um, I shouldn't say took control. That's the wrong wording. Before it yeah, wreaked havoc. Is, yeah, there we go. That's probably better words. On New South Wales. So Fiona and I actually recorded this face-to-face. And it was the first podcast I ever recorded. And the last podcast I've recorded um, face-to-face. And I think it will be probably the last podcast I record face-to-face for a long time. Um, so you will hear background noise of like Toby dropping a cup, opening a door, You know, it's a bit rough and, you know, it's rough when you record remotely, but it's also rough sometimes when you record. Let's be real. I'm just always rough. I'm a little bit rough around the edges. You guys know that about me by now. Um, I'm going to shut up. It's been six minutes and six seconds, so I need to get off. And let's get into the episode. Love you guys. Be kind. This is Fiona's story, not yours, not mine. Enjoy. Welcome back to the United in Motherhood podcast with me, Zoe Young, and today's guest, my beautiful friend, Fiona. I first met Fiona back in March 2016 when we were placed in the same mother's group. However, our friendship has only recently come to fruition with our girls being in the same year at school. Fiona is one of the beautiful mums that has embraced me, quite literally opened her arms most days at the school gate. She has opened my eyes to a world I didn't know existed. She's everything good in this world, kind, generous, and a great listener. Today, Fiona lives with multiple sclerosis, or MS as it's commonly known as. She is navigating life with MS, parenting a child with ADHD and SPD, and today we get candid about her struggles with mental health. Her journey may have had a few hiccups, but her determination and realistic approach to find the good in everything is truly aspirational. There is something for everyone in this episode. Enjoy. Before we get into today's episode, please remember that this is Fiona's story, not yours, not mine, and together we must accept and respect each other enough to know that we are all doing our best. This episode gets into some triggering topics, so please be aware and seek support if needed. I've left some resources in the notes below. All right, let's get to it. Awesome. 
Welcome. Let's do it. We're actually recording now. Oh, that Are you ready? Yeah, we're ready. <laughs> we've okay. been talking for ages, so I feel like we've covered some stuff, but we'll jump back into happen. it. We can. So, we get a little bit about you. So, you're a mum of two. Yep. You are living with MS. I am. You are. Can we talk about what is MS? So, MS is a multiple multiple sclerosis. Yeah, I can never say that word. Um, I tried so many times practicing. I was like, multiple sclerosis. So, it's basically um, an immune um, an immune disease. Yeah. Um, and so, what happens is your immune system becomes overactive. Yeah. And it starts attacking your central nervous system. So if you think about your central nervous system like your main power cord, uh, your your immune system starts attacking that plastic cover over your power cord. And so as it does that, it creates inflammation and scar tissue, which means the signals can't fire properly from your brain to your other nerves. Right, so it's a nervous, like a nerve system disorder. Yeah, which is really fun and interesting because it means it can affect everything. Jesus. So it basically makes these little gaps in in your brains. Sometimes um, people with MS will talk about their MRIs, um, which is one of the main diagnostic tools, um, as their brain lights up like a Christmas tree or looks like holy cheese. Stop. Um, so it's actually so holes in... It's scar tissue. Right. But scar tissue doesn't connect... It doesn't... Um, it takes longer for nerves to fire around scar tissue. They they don't process things as well. Yeah. So your nervous system gets a little bit sluggish in those areas. And then depending on where those scars develop um, is what symptoms you have. Right. So it's really fun and varied. Like you can get a lot of sensory symptoms in your arms and your legs. You can get vision problems. You can get bowel and bladder issues. You can get balance issues. Like yeah. anything, because your nerves run your body and are your main way of interacting with your outside world. Yeah. So it's not all. Um, I suppose when I grew up, MS was you just saw people in wheelchairs. Yeah. So that's my. That sounds awful to say. I feel like I'm not educated enough. That might be why we're sitting down today. Is you think of people in wheelchairs who are unable to. Mm like function for themselves essentially and for some people that's still true it's really wide-ranging that you can be very well or it can be um, very aggressive there are very very aggressive forms of ms yeah um in which you can go very quickly from being an able able able-bodied and doing everything to being in a wheelchair or having limited mobility um and it's it's luck of Draw. It's luck of the draw. Most people are diagnosed in that prime of it's a prime of life disease, so it's between twenty and forty years yeah. of age. Is early um, intervention key, or it doesn't really? Yeah, it is because as you get more relapses, so when you get um, when you get activity and your immune system is uh, attacking your central nervous system, it's called a relapse. Yeah, right. As you get more relapses, that's what causes the disability. Right. So I think it used to be that. You know, if you had sensory symptoms or symptoms that weren't stopping you walking or functioning, um, they kind of, doctors would leave it. But as, there's been an amazing amount of research. Yeah. So even in the time that I've been diagnosed, so I got diagnosed when I was 26, 27. Wow. So it's been over 10 years. But 
the amount of medication available has more than doubled. Right. So now a lot of neurologists are much more likely to hit it early, hit it hard, because as you get relapses, that's what causes ongoing disability. And everyone's treatment's different. So yes. a bit of backstory as to how I found out you had MS. I was talking to another mum at school right. who I won't name or anything, but she was telling me how she has MS and her symptoms and her was to do with her tongue. Um, she oh, had yeah. her taste. Mm-hmm. Um, she felt like her hands, like she went, said one day she went to put her hands on her laptop and it was like she couldn't do it. Yeah. And then when she got them there, it felt like it wasn't on uh-huh. the laptop. Um, and she said that went on for months and months and she didn't really think anything of it. But when I was telling you about her treatment, which is monthly going in on an intravenous yep. something, yours is different. Mine is different. So as I said, there's a lot of, I have been through the gauntlet of medications. When I was first diagnosed, I was um, on an injectable. Right. So I was injecting myself three times a week. Jeez. Um, and I mean, they're little they're little needles. They're smaller than. But you have to. You have to get used to it, right? You do. And I've never, I've never had a big fear of needles, so it's okay. It was. Well, you did IVF, didn't you? It was okay. I did IVF, yeah. so mm-hmm. I was a pro when they gave me IVF. <laughs> for years. So um, good. And so yeah, I was, and I mean, it's it's still tough. Like I ended up um, rewarding myself every time I give myself an injection. I could have a photo frog on my skull. <laughs> Um, I love that about you. Know, it's the little, it's the little things, and then they would cause um, red spots um, about the size of a twenty cent coin or a bit bigger, Jeez. and so you'd have to rotate. So, stomach, leg, bum, and so then it got to my first summer, and I was like, I can't wear swimwear. I want to get board shorts because I had all these big red spots and lumps over my legs, and I was really embarrassed about them. And um, so I was on that for a while. Um, I stopped that um, when we were trying to conceive. Yeah. Um, Is that because it can affect? Yeah. The so baby? well, it it's one of the unknowns. They can't do testing. So I right. stopped that, and then it took us ages to get pregnant and IVF, and that's a whole other story. Uh, I went then on an oral tablet which was fairly new at the time and that was the first oral tablet and that was i took that twice a day wow okay and so that was much more manageable manageable and convenient but that also had um as medications do that also had side effects that would cause some flushing and some gastro issues so i had to eat really regularly and manage that but it was better than stabbing myself a few times a week as in like weight that would make you lose weight or no, like it, it would just make if you, you didn't eat really regularly yeah you oh, um you that's got the worst a lot of feeling gastro, ever and then you get this flushing so you'd feel like like just badly getting embarrassed but you'd, you'd feel it kind of start to go up your chest and you'd suddenly go red and then you get itchy oh my gosh the what itchy. stop um so you could take aspirin and it would so you had to almost it. find like a happy medium of yeah, all these drugs yeah, yeah. but still like Better than an MS relapse, right? True. Yes. And then, um, then I went on to the one, the other lady that you were talking about. That's um, an injection or an intravenous uh, once every four weeks. Yeah. And now I'm um, then I had to change from that, and now I'm on one that's um, intravenous once every six months. Okay. About 
two years old in Australia um, and they're coming up with new ones. And this might sound completely out of touch. Do you go in and sit down like a chemo patient and be hooked yeah. up to a machine and you sit there and it goes yeah. into and your system? The first couple of times I um, had the one every four weeks and the first times I had steroids, often if you get a relapse, they'll give you they'll basically load your body up with steroids to dampen your immune system. Right. Um, so the first couple of times I had steroids, um, the place where you would go in as a day procedure patient was the same across the chemo wards as well. So I was sitting there as like a 20-something year old with all these chemo patients, everybody was above 60, and I ended up messaging my husband going, like this is mind-blowing I'm oh my goodness I'm about to die because all of these people look so sick yeah did um, you have some beautiful conversations with the people in there or you I didn't really did. talk I was so nervous and um let's actually get into that when you got diagnosed yeah how was your mental health like have you were you did you struggle? Was it something you just accepted? I'm sure uh, there's I mean, up and down I've there. always had, I've got a long history of mental health battles and depression, but it was really hard. I think at the time... She was so young. I, I was young. I'd just got married. Um, and I think... I remember saying to myself, right, I give myself three months. I give myself three months to be sad about this and be devastated about how this is changing yeah. my life and it actually took two years until I could kind of go okay this is my new this normal. is my new normal and then every time I'd have a relapse I would have to go through that grief process again and it would it's become less and less and now I haven't had a relapse for uh, seven years just wow. under seven years um, but at first, when I was having relapses once every year to two years, I'd have to go through that grief process again of, okay, this is actually happening. And at one stage, I hadn't had a relapse for a couple of years, and I'd actually convinced myself that the doctors were wrong. I didn't have it. I was absolutely fine. Yeah. And then when I had a relapse, that was... Devastating. That was devastating all over again. So you ride a roller coaster of your mental health, yeah. your your actual health. Yeah, for sure. So it's a constant battle. Yes, yeah. and depression rates are really really high in MS because physically they can affect your brain, yeah. which can cause depression and personality changes and anxiety. Don't mind my phone going off. I'm going to shut all the doors. I feel like I've like been so we just got into chats, didn't even shut. The we door. didn't do anything. My husband's boiking in the office. Like, <laughs> this is full on. Anyway, keep going. Um, Sorry. But I think there's a high rate of depression of just because it's it's such a fun and surprising disease that can. Um, it's going to fuck with your mind. Let's be yeah, real. Yeah, it really does. You throw the spanner in the works for your whole I life. I always think about it like it sneaks up behind you every now and often, every often, yeah. um, too often, and goes, surprise, <laughs> have a new symptom. Um, Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> literally what Basically, and you never know. And so there's, it's really hard to predict. Yeah. It's and does really it affect hard. your day-to-day -day life today? Like, do you have, I know your energy levels sometimes yeah. take a toll. And so it does, and it, it doesn't, it definitely does. Yeah. It doesn't in terms of the fact that 
um, as I said, I've been relapsed free for about seven years. I'm on very strong touch wood right medication. Now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and so you can get used to anything, right? Yeah. So I just put that in my normal day to day life. I'm a very good napper. So, and I've gotten really good over the years at um, waking up in the morning and going, okay, yeah, no, I. I just don't have the energy for that today, so I'll wipe a whole heap of stuff off my list, and that's that's okay. That's liberating you. Like for anyone listening to this, I feel like it's amazing. Yeah, it is. It's okay to say no. Yes. Whether it's work, family, to yourself. Yes. Like, and there are very few things that actually have to be done on a day-to-day yeah. level. Um, I've discovered that most things you can just go, eh, it. It can wait. Yeah. And so sometimes I'm better at that than others, but um, yeah, it's been a it's been a massive learning curve of managing to ask for help and being okay with with needing help yeah. and sometimes just going no, that's not something I can do. Yeah. Um, and there's this um, there's this wonderful analogy called the spoon theory. Oh. It was written by a woman who has lupus and oh. was trying to explain this to a friend. So it and you can look it up, you can just Google it. Maybe I'll put a link in the description. Uh, yeah, but, for yeah. sure. But it basically gives you the analogy of if you have a certain number of spoons and you use your spoons for everything. So people who are well and healthy have unlimited number of spoons. They can do all the things that they want. Once you've got an autoimmune condition um, something like lupus or MS, that's something that gives you fatigue. Um, you have a very limited number of spoons, so having breakfast will be one spoon, having a shower will be one spoon. Um, the day-to-day tasks. The day-to-day tasks are your spoons, and if you've only got 10 or 12 spoons in the day, you've got to be really careful how you use them because you've got to make sure you've got a couple left at the end of the day to have dinner and get into bed. And once you have and to kids, parents, that's what I was going to say. And once you have yeah. kids, that's you know your spoons are gone that's a whole heap of spoons on it yeah so that's crazy yeah you do what you need to do right i still do that you take you take the steps of what what's in front of you people with all kinds of things go oh i don't know how you do that but you do what needs to be done at the time and you do the best you can with what you've got. Yeah. So We're going to roll off from MS in a sec, but before we do, what does your future look like? Or oh, you don't know. With MS, I should say, not in everything um, else. I mean, you never you never know with MS. Yeah. Um, but pretty good. Uh, so far, my disease progression hasn't been really aggressive. Okay. And so it's likely to stay like that. At, yeah, my... My meds are really good. Um, my neurologist is amazing. You're responding well. Um, yeah. Okay. My body likes the medication um, and does okay with it. So it looks good. Like That's it good. looks good. There's there's no indication usually for MS. There's no um, shortening of life. I suppose it doesn't cause yeah. you to die or um, anything like that. But it can cause disability. But at the moment, um, the research is just amazing. So hopefully, fingers crossed, within my lifetime, we find a cure. Fingers crossed. That would be amazing. Massively. Now, we're going to get into your sure. beautiful kitties. Yes. Um, so you have a child with, I say additional needs, but you are pretty 
All kids have additional needs, don't they? True. <laughs> I have additional needs. We all have additional we needs. We all have additional needs. True, true. My journey um, with my firstborn, I've kind of always had suspicions and that mum gut thing that you kind of go searching for. Okay, yeah, everybody's like, there's such a range with yeah. kids, and you have an active child, and you know, do a spirited child, spirited <laughs> child, and oh, you um, keep talking. You kind of feel like, okay, well, that then that can be entirely normal that you have a kid who's active and is a climber and has big tantrums, and that's okay. But the overly emotional child, overly emotional yeah. child, like all the labels, you know, and it's all it's all normal. It's all just this range of of human. Yeah. Um, but I'd always kind of looked into it and explored some things, and always kind of gone, yeah, there's something going on in his brain that's not that is not necessarily what other kids have going on in their brain. Yeah. And so that particularly, from about October last year, we actually sought a diagnosis, went through OT, behavioural psychology. Wait, so it was only last year that it that we actually came to life? You can only usually get a diagnosis for ADHD, sensory processing, kids are starting, definitely above four. Okay. But usually it's much more like five to seven. Okay, right. So you might have a two-year-old that is really hard work, but unless there's a diagnosable physical disability or intellectual disability, all of that other stuff can be really hard. So some kids, absolutely, if they're high-level ASD, yeah, because I interviewed um, diagnosed earlier Nicole Rogerson, who's the CEO of Autism Awareness Australia, yes. and she said some can be. Correct me if I'm wrong, Nicole, but I think it was 18 months. There are some symptoms of ASD yes. if it's on the higher end yes. of the spectrum. I yes. think that could be yeah, correct. Absolutely. But then there's some kids that I've been watching um, on this show that I'm going to talk about at the end. They were like 19, 20 when they yes. finally got a diagnosis and went through all those shitty years in their teens. Yeah. With just wondering what why their brain functioned yeah. differently. Yeah. Anyway, keep going. Keep going. So I it's think crazy. That's, yeah. It is and. But in your gut, you knew yes, something? Yes, I kind of knew that. And there was one point where we got a diagnosis and I went, actually, this is not this is not new. Like, we'd, I'd been to an OT and asked about sensory processing when he was three and we'd been to a psychologist wow. when he was four and I'd always looked into how do I parent this child in a way that is what they need. Yeah. And so, yeah, we've now got ADHD and SPD diagnosis. And look, he's... Was it a relief? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And you still go through that that grief process of, oh, my goodness, is it is it me? Is it my fault? Is it because of the PMD? Oh, no. Is it... And there's a genetic component, so then you go, okay, well, that's from my family history and partner's family history and... Have I, you know, there's always this what if. The guilt. Um, the mum. And the, and the mum guilt. guilt. I was just saying to a friend of mine then, though, I think the mums that have the guilt are the good ones. If you, yes. if you feel bad or you blame yourself or something, it's because we love them so deep to our core 
Yes. That that's the reason. And so don't ever blame yourself. You always do oh, the best you can. Yeah. Um, but yeah, absolutely a relief. And now I can see that things that we're putting in place are are working. And all I want for him, I don't I don't need my kids to be high performing superstars and no. be amazingly academic. You want I want my kids to just reach their potential. I just want them to be happy, happy, healthy yeah. adults who can function in society. Yeah. And that's... And you're that's putting it. in the work now, aren't yes. you? Yes. And can we... What does work... Like if someone's just had a diagnosis, say yeah. they're sitting here listening and their child's been diagnosed with what ADHD or what's mm-hmm. the sensory... Um, sensory processing disorder. disorder. SPD. SPD. And what would you say to them? Once again... Totally depends on the child and yeah. the parents. Um, an occupational therapist weekly, and she's amazing. And sometimes that just looks like her playing board games oh, wow. with him. But that is turn-taking and teaching him to lose and not always win. Okay. Um, and we talk a lot about rigid thinking, um, and we talk a lot about getting, getting routines that work and so it's learning skills learning skills for me as well as for him yeah right um of learning those skills about emotional regulation and how to how to manage that and how to catch the tantrums before they become so was that his symptom was the the emotional outburst is that the right word just just struggling a bit more than other kids to regulate his emotions, struggling a bit more with with meltdowns and with not being able to process when things go. What about socialization? Does that take a toll? Like, it. Yes and no. Um, you really want to. One of the things that we're we're really big on is just making sure he can develop friendships because yeah. that can be something that. Um, kids with neurodiversity can really struggle with is making and keeping friendships and so for him it's really important that we we make sure he knows how to make and keep a friendship and he knows how to be kind a good to friend. his friend yeah. and interact well with his friend and that's because that's really it's hard for you them. want your kids to have Somebody to play with it. Oh, it's every parent's fear, isn't it? I feel like whether or not, you know, whatever your child or whoever your child is, it's it's every parent's fear. I remember the first day of school saying, I hope she's just kind and I hope kids are kind to her. And that's all you worry about, I feel. And then to have that heightened worry, which you you would experience, you know, I can't even imagine. Yeah. And it's such an overreaching thing. And I think once kids start going to school we get caught up in this pressure to be making sure they're ticking off those learning, to make to make sure they're doing their readers, to make sure they're doing their sight words, to make sure they're ticking off this and not very good at homework. Um, <laughs> Neither. <laughs> Neither. And so you get into this rote thing of ticking off these... Boxes, right? These boxes. But actually what we want as parents is to grow adults. Yeah. We're growing... We're growing kind and generous adults who can have friends and be happy and reach their potential. And it's, it's hard not best. to get yeah. sidelined to that 
ticking boxes and going to soccer and going to swimming and I guess I learned by that all the time yeah and then sometimes just go no actually we just we just needed to sit at home and play Lego to bring day. it back yeah that's nice and has the school and like has it been have you been supported do you feel supported I think so and it's hard because he's not he's not in that because um, I would never like I know this sounds I would never have guessed like from He's so social with the girls when they come out of school yeah. and he's really kind and he's cuddling you. And, and he's not, there's, it's spectrum. It's his brain, right? isn't it? It's, yeah, it's, yeah. so all this neurodiversity stuff, ASD, ADHD, sensory processing, oppositional defiance order, all of these things, it's all neurodiversity. Yeah. So it's all just brains working in different ways, which is which we need. Society needs that to function. If all our brains worked the same way... How boring. We'd... Yeah, we... It wouldn't work. No. We'd had no fun inventions. And so it's it's such a spectrum. And so sometimes I feel like he's, he's so high-functioning on on that. He does he does really well. He's really keen. He's really, he's really he's smart. He's a beautiful kid. And there are other kids who have neurodiversity and there are other kids with intellectual disabilities who need that additional so much yeah. support and their parents and so it's it's, it's hard such to find a that. balancing act you know of going yes okay my kid is is slightly slightly left field for how his brain works but in the scheme of things his brain works really normally that bell curve yeah right thing but I mean all kids all kids it's just parenting them how they need to be parented and how you can best we can right yeah we're all best trying our bloody best with what we've got at the time yeah that's all you can all you can do for any child any kid but it's been such a it's been a really cool learning period for yeah me. um learning all about this and understanding the way different brains work and what different brains need and it's just and his brain blows me away yeah like you said that before so interesting he comes out with things that i just sit there going like what goes on in your brain like there's obviously your face cogs, lights up when you talk about that too. Oh, so the proud cogs just work differently in his brain and it's it blows me away he's gonna be amazing yeah no doubt like Whatever, the, whatever he chooses yeah. to do. At the moment, he just wants to be Brickman. <laughs> well, who's Brickman? Brickman, Lego Masters. Oh, I don't do Lego. Oh. I was talking about this last night. So we, we have a lot of Lego. Oh, I need to come to it. Well, actually, my kids aren't into it. But I'm sure they would be if they knew about it. But I was talking to a parent last night at dinner. And we've all gone in on a gift. And she wanted this Harry Potter Lego set, right? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, and I go, oh, my Lego must be like, you know, 20 bucks came up. This Lego set was like a hundred and something dollars. Yeah. This massive thing, and she was like, "Oh God, we like I am. We invest a lot in Lego." I was like, "Yeah, that is intense. This yeah. is an expensive hobby." Yeah, it is. It's got good resale value. Oh well, there you go. Uh, Sell your Lego. Still got. Um, my parents have a massive suitcase of Lego that oh my, my family gosh. always played with, and so when we go and visit them, we. We get out of the suitcase. That is so cool. Yeah, so it it lasts for a long time. Yeah, see, my mum still has our train sets from when we were little and she brings them out. Yeah. We've all got our things, right? Yeah.
but let's end on a share. Um, what is lighting you up? Are you reading a good book, a podcast, a coffee date, um, meeting I me? I am meeting <laughs> me. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. It's, it's quite fun. This is the first podcast I've done. I feel I've been talking about like, Oh, my husband's just breaking I'm, glasses um, in the other room. I'm going to be a podcaster. Yeah. Um. You should start your own podcast. Honestly, you're a wealth of knowledge and... You've got so many facets and layers to you that, you know, I met you five years ago. I don't know any of this stuff. It's, I like, I like stories. I yeah. really like stories and I, um, I pick at people for stories. I find something and then I just ask endless questions about, so what about this and what about this and what about this? So I collect people. We've I would got that say that I, I just collect people and go, oh, you're interesting. I'll chat to you now. Because everyone has a story. That's oh, yeah. how this podcast was born. Yeah. And, you know, everyone's story is different. And yeah. we can't judge someone on anything because we don't know what's going on. Yeah. You only get the tiniest snippet of someone's life when you interact yes. with them. And we don't know what's going and, on. And the theme of they're always doing their best. Like, everyone is. You're always doing your best. Really yeah. Like 100%. Sorry, the share. Uh, this what's week, your share? This week I've actually been... I've lately been going through this bit of... Um, like not reading, not listening to stuff, um, except the Hamilton soundtrack on Endless. <laughs> Sorry to my partner. Um, That's really cute. But he hates it now. Um, this Have you week, seen the musical? Yes. Okay, there we go. It's amazing. I haven't seen it yet. Um, this week I've actually done a few things. So I've been reading this book on the Ig Nobel Prizes, oh. which is basically the Nobel Prizes for funny and silly things. So, like, the person who actually did um, valid research on if you drop buttered toast, which side is it going to fall on? Oh, my gosh. Um, absolutely hilarious. They run... I love that. They run an awards ceremony What's it called? Ig Nobel. I-G space Nobel Prizes. I'm going to put it in it's the hilarious. description. It's hilarious. You can watch them online. Uh, so they just funny. throw paper planes at Stop. each other and um, it's hilarious. So it's the little things that just it's get you giggling. It's the little things and then I've... Um, Speaking of that though, I watched this documentary on a guy who is going around... Well, not documentary, an interview I should say. Going around Australia to every Bunnings, eating a sausage to see what the sausage... <laughs> so something like that would fall... Maybe it's not yes. like researched or anything, but yes. finding the best Bunnings sausage in Australia. Yes. How funny is that? I'm obsessed with, um, which I've already spoken about like 10 times on this podcast, is Love on the Spectrum. Oh my gosh. I haven't... Everyone has haven't to watch it. This. I feel like I have been opened up to a whole new world. Is it a show like a documentary? It's, it's a... It's, it's a show, I would say, but they're documenting people's journeys. So it teaches them how to date. There's this beautiful woman who goes in and works with them on the simplest of things that you wouldn't even think twice about. How to hold a conversation. How, you know, the importance of finding out their interests. And just the most beautiful woman who goes in and teaches, you know, these, these young adults, essentially, on how to find love. Because they want to find love so desperately that's so nice it's so beautiful and it's like we were talking about the spectrum before but it's opened my eyes up to the different levels mm -hmm. of autism that these people live with day in and day mm -hmm. out and it also talks to their parents and you get a parenting perspective on you know 
their hopes and dreams with their kids yeah. and their struggles. They've had these beautiful dads that are in tears, you know, essentially saying we've had to grieve what we thought we'd have yes. and how proud they are, how far they've come. Yeah. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Okay. I'm obsessed with it. I'm on the second okay. series. Um, it's on ABC iView and it's just the most incredible. Oh, it's just so insightful. I love it. So everyone nice. needs to go and watch that. Okay. Well, yeah. that can be my next week. Do it. Too. It's so good. I've literally binge watched it in nearly three days and I'm nearly completely finished. Awesome. I know. Great. So that's it. Yeah. Thank you so much. That's okay. Thank that you. That was amazing. Incredible is B. She's such a top chick. I will be back here in your ears next Thursday with another incredible guest. But in the meantime, if you're feeling kind and you're feeling the love, share the podcast with anyone you think who could benefit from listening to it. Give us a review if you're feeling extra lovely. Follow me over on the gram at Zoe Young Mama and let me know that you're enjoying it as it is really encouraging to hear that you guys are enjoying the content. But that's it. And I will see you guys next week. Bye.